Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show, On The Mark. It is. What did I do? Why are you waving your finger at me? I gave you one job yesterday and you didn't do it. What was the job? I guess I have short term. Oh, remind you at 6 o'clock. I have a note right here to, <laughs> to send you an email at 6 o'clock last night. <laughs> One job. I'm sorry. Oh. That's, I pin it on me. It's my fault you didn't buy, go out and buy new headphones. All right. I have to now, Listen, the store's open at 11. Why don't you go there? 11 a.m. Okay. I will do that after we get off the air. I'm going to do that. My headphones have a short in them, and so they keep cutting out. <laughs> it makes everything sound really And funny. here's what's odd, folks. There are two other pairs of headphones, three other pairs, laying on this table that he could pick up and put on, but he won't. Oh, they're not as good as these. <laughs> well, they're not good if you're they're shorting out <laughs> on you. But these sound good when they have a good connection. If I just hold still and I don't laugh. <laughs> well, you seldom laugh. So. <laughs> <laughs> now you're making me laugh. Oh, you're making my headphones cut out. All right, yeah. I gave Joe one job yesterday to issue a reminder at 6 p.m. when I might be I in a position to, to go near a store. So uh, we invite you to participate in today's show. Uh, headphones or not, uh, it is an open day, so we'd love to hear from you. 1 800 795 our open telephone number. You know, number. I had to buy a special pair to fit over my Fox funnels. No, oh, <laughs> <laughs> you can buy those those little Apple things. They're a little hard to find these days. <laughs> you can buy those Apple things that people put in their ears. Those that, buds. Right, that have the little sticks sticking out. I right. always think they look silly. And I would lose them in a heartbeat. <laughs> I'm sure of it. I'm old school. I like something that fits over the entire ear. Yeah, I do too. So, All right, so 1-800-795-9565 is that telephone number. Open phones today. Uh, yesterday we talked about the protests and uh, riots and looting that took place. Oh, in the media was very very upset that they used the word riot. You're not supposed to use that word. Oh, okay. Well, let's talk about that. Uh, so that was, it was a riot. A main conversation yesterday. We also uh, squeezed in some information about the U.S.-Mexico border, and Joe Biden's name got brought up in vain. And I think somebody mentioned President Trump's name yesterday as well. And let's see, what else do we got uh, cooking uh, lately? Gettysburg. Governor Gettys- oh, that's right. Yeah, we didn't get too much conversation about that, but very appropriately, a group of protesters was interested. No, very inappropriately. Oh, I'm sorry. Inappropriately uh, interested in keeping some monuments uh, there. taking them away. (laughs) This story is obviously not resonating with you. (laughs) Oh, it is. It's just that uh, KKK-sponsored monuments should come down. Now, if you want to, like the Robert E. Lee, it's funny. Yes, that wonderful monument of a guy in a hood 
standing there lynching people. That's a wonderful <laughs> well, yeah. monument. So it doesn't look exactly like that. But in any event, so that came up, and that's not conversation is not going to go away. The group that's uh, organizing this uh, says they'll be back, and they they want a full conversation with the federal government about whether uh, all of these monuments are appropriate. Uh, we looked them up. There's 13 monuments of various size and duration there. Interestingly enough, AP to show how biased they were did show a picture of the Robert E. Lee main statue there, uh, but that's not where the protesters were. They actually don't have anything against uh, Robert E. Lee. So, uh, but uh, other ones that they say are KKK connected and uh, Jim Crow era um, placements to in, or, in order to really call attention to so white it's, supremacy. It's now who placed it, not what was placed. Well, I guess it's more the why. Yeah, why do it? Was it really there but to honor somebody who fought in the Civil War and who technically, as one of our good listeners pointed out, was a U.S. soldier and um, it, and then you know assimilated perhaps as best as possible after the war. But um, but you know, are there uh, of those thirteen hundred? Are there any that really are inappropriate? The group says yes. Counter protesters say no, and they're veterans, and so they deserve uh, the the honor they receive. So anyway, that was uh, mentioned. Joe and I discussed it. Didn't have too much extra conversation about well, that. Well, people took us in a different direction, and it's their show. If they want to take us away from where we start, that's fine with us. Well, sometimes we tell them where to go. <laughs> yeah, well, Wait, sometimes they tell us where to go. <laughs> that didn't come out right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, 1-800-795-9565. Is that email for on the radio? Or is uh, no, I think it's just a nice comment about good. us. Good. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you for that, uh, whomever sent that. Uh, Joe, what do you got on the text uh, wall? Anything cooking Well, we have there? some that were left over from yesterday. It says, Mark, how can the Black Lives Matter organization be about justice for the black community? They took in hundreds of millions of dollars, and most of it went to the Democrats. Democratic Party's candidates. The founder of Black Lives Matter has been buying up houses in California. Uh, how does a person that produces nothing but hate afford to buy four homes, one being over a million dollars in a white neighborhood? Makes one think that these people's goals are really something quite different. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't think Black Lives Matter was looting in Minnesota, which is what started this conversation yesterday. Now, if Black Lives Matter, which really is not a single cohesive entity in my view, I mean, you have individuals locally who say that I support that and might hold up a sign that they could be white or black and, and they support that. Whomever is at the top buying up houses in California, I'm not quite sure. And I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know anything about that. If somebody out there is, uh, you know, paid with an excessive amount of uh, donated money to that cause and instead used it for for their own multiple houses. Obviously, that's not an ideal situation, but I really don't know anything about the national group. I simply read from their mission statement, which included justice in it, which may or may not been on the mind of the looters in the first place, but our good listener said uh, Black Lives Matters held a looting in Minnesota, and of course, anybody with common sense knows that's not what the organization's about. That's not what happened. There well, were can you imagine if we formed an organization where that was the stated Looters, looters We're going to loot and throw things at the police. I mean, well, you know, not every organization, let's say Black Lives Matter is the overarching group supporting this. Mm -hmm. Not every, not everyone can control every supporter they have. You know, it always amazed me when, when the Republicans did something or somebody came out, uh, like Donald Trump at the, what do you call it, the uh, riot at the Capitol or insurrection, insurrection at the Capitol. Sure. Uh, you know, that was Donald Trump's fault. 
But here, people who are associated with BLM, or support at least their agenda, they go out and throw things at police, and it's, it's not the organization. It either is the organization or it isn't. Mm -hmm. But let's face it, Donald Trump can't control every one of his supporters, and BLM can't control every one what of theirs. What percentage of the looting last night in, or the previous night in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, well, would last you say? night they looted a liquor store. Okay. Uh, what? Okay, fine. Last night. What, what a way to honor the deceased. What percentage of that was related to Black Lives Matter, the, the, I, the I don't organization? Know. I'm, not, I'm not going right. to condemn Keyword, Black Lives Matter. Say that Matter. word again. That's really important. I'm not going to condemn Black Black Lives Matter. For no, the I don't know part. Okay, <laughs> right. That's the key part. Well, that, do you? Well, I do know. You, that you're black talking lives, like you absolutely. do. Absolutely, I do know for a fact. Black Lives Matter, as an organization, does not organize looting to take place in places where individual police officers have had fatal confrontation with black individuals. And if you still think that looting a liquor store has anything to do with honoring the dead, that means that. You have literally been paying no attention to what's going on in the U.S., well, probably since the 1960s. Well, like, explain to me how that makes things better. Throughout how does the that, teens. How does that, you're always saying looking for positive solutions. <laughs> how does looting a liquor store solve any of the problems that we may face in this country with respect to race relations? Just explain that to me, and I'll be happy, and I'll shut up for the rest of the show. <laughs> oh, my God. So much pressure. <laughs> so much at stake. If I do this right, let me think about the question. How does looting a a liquor store solve the problem. Okay. Of race you're going to be quiet if I States. answer this right. Yeah, but I ready? determine whether or not you answer it I right. I got the answer. Okay. <laughs> I actually thought of it myself. It doesn't. All right. This is great. All right, folks. It's just me now. No, we the question was, how does it? You were speaking. You oh, were no, saying. No, 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 no. You didn't say that I had to give an acceptable answer to you. You just said I had to give the right answer. The right answer is I don't think looting in a liquor store has anything to do uh, with finding solutions. Okay. So why but, did they do it? But the you, fact your, that your argument is that isn't the years it of weird? repression. But don't you think it's strange that, of course, you were paying attention to current events in the 60s and when there were riots then, and you paid attention to the rioting in Baltimore in the past 10 years, and you were certainly around during Ferguson, and now you're around uh, monitoring this. And to this day, you have no idea why looting taking, takes place in a town where another black man is shot at the well, hands you of could a say white you, police officer. If you believe the people were just looking for an excuse to break into the liquor store. Nope, that's not words, it. Keep, right. keep guessing. If I, if I were, if someone I knew, let's say someone terribly murdered you, and I was upset about that. The first thing I think of wouldn't be, well, let's loot, let's break windows, let's throw bricks at the police. Okay. That's not the first thing I would think of. I would be concerned about Ooh. supporting your family, making sure that they were taken care of, that their needs were met. Uh, if I believed you were wrongly killed gotcha. or wrongly injured, right. I would want to do something positive to try and help the situation. Yes, I agree police officers shouldn't kill black people. Mm -hmm. In this case, I even heard reporters this morning, I mean, they obviously they were focused on whether or not this police officer actually did make a mistake in drawing her gun rather mm -hmm. than her taser. And I learned that they put the taser on the weak side. In other words, if you're left-handed, they would put the taser on your right side and your gun on your left. Okay. Reverse if you're a right-handed person. So they're not on the same side. And then I heard one woman say this morning on CNN, a uh, retired police officer, that an officer knows their gun like a mother knows the voice of their child on a playground and that no one could make this mistake honestly. This was murder. 
come on. You know, in the heat of the moment, when you look at that body cam and the way it was going, I, I she may have made an honest mistake. Okay, and even, she, even the police officer used an expletive and said, in effect, blank, I shot him. But after all we've covered, and, and we even talked about the 1619 Project, I'm assuming you read that also, so you really know about the uh, centuries that lead up to these riots. To this day, you still don't know why looting happens, correct? All right. Have you ever heard about how the Irish were mistreated in this country in the 1800s, the early 1900s? Sure. No Irish need apply. You know, if a cop kills an Irish person, I, my first thought isn't to go out and, and sack the liquor store. That's not my first thought. Okay. You know, I think in this country we either respect the law and the order and we try to work within the system or we have anarchy. Okay. And that's what we've got in these cities where people are rioting and, and looting. And the mayor, the mayor of uh, what's the name, Brooklyn Center, fired the city manager for suggesting that due process was something everybody should have. What a horrible concept that is. How un-American can you be to want due process for everyone? Okay. Well, folks, he still does not get it. So after all... All of this, all he's seen, it's funny how you know a lot about uh, white history, but almost nothing about black history. Now, that's not true. I know a considerable amount about black history. I'm not a black historian. But still completely unaware why riots happen, huh? I'm not saying that people don't have grievances, mm -hmm. but everybody in this country has some kind of a grievance, and not everybody acts on it in a violent way. I mean, yesterday we had a terrible thing. Some guy, two idiots get involved in a traffic dispute, get into a fight, get out of their cars and fight with one another, and one guy stabs another one to death. Mm -hmm. Is that society's fault? Is that pent-up repression from hundreds of years or bad <laughs> behavior on the part of two individuals who basically were knuckleheads to get out of their cars and start fighting in the first place? At this point, the two didn't know each other, and they're calling it road rage, so... <laughs> but so uh, now that's a logical thing to another, do. You cut me off. Well, you cut me <laughs> off, and not just years of pent-up repression well, over you the read Irish the 1619 people. Project. This has been going on for centuries in Norwegsburg. No, seriously, <laughs> uh, honestly, I, I, it is amazing to me, and. I have sent you clippings and notes and have brought into here, and people have commented on our page, and people have told us that there is a systemic uh, hope, hopelessness and, diffic and uh, difficulties and poverty and sort of cyclical issues that exist in communities that bubbles up to lead to uh, acts of desperation like looting. And you have read learned articles. You read the Harvard one that we looked at at this last summer. So it's society's fault. But to this, well... No, no individual bears yes, any responsibility for their own fault behavior. As long as you make sure that you're only talking about white society. If you're black... Did you then, grow up rich and privileged? Then you're out of the society. No, Did I didn't. You? I didn't either. I, didn't, I grew up in a home where... I didn't grow up where, that way, you know, but, I do, but I certainly didn't grow up black about what you know, Zippo. We lived hand to mouth like a lot of families did. It didn't make me want to go out and rob a liquor store. <laughs> Stan, last caller before a quick break. Go right ahead. Uh, uh, Mark, uh, you're saying BLM isn't involved in these riots. Well, and the stuff going on. When they're flying BLM banners, doesn't that associate them with the riots? Well, it's, it's, it's sort of like a... Uh a, uh, what, I'm going to use a terrible example, and the Kiwanis is going to hate me. Just because th you see somebody with a Kiwanis banner in the front of their building doesn't mean the National Kiwanis Organization has supported. But if, Stan, let's just stipulate that Black Lives Matter was wholly responsible, scheduled, held it, killed the cop, and then had people fill the streets <laughs> and loot the store. Let's just stipulate that so we can they, move they on. They killed a cop? When they kill a cop? Oh, I'm sorry, they killed a black man. I'm sorry, I missed. Yeah, I misspoke. No, 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 they didn't. The cop did. I'll admit to that. The cop didn't. I, I do think it was a mistake, but it was a bad mistake. 
and probably because of lack of training because they def- tried to defund the police out there. But that being said, okay, you don't want to admit that the BLM was involved with that. Well, wouldn't that be similar to what happened on January 6th when there were some Trump banners flying at the Capitol? You blame Trump for, everybody blames Trump for what happened at the Capitol because there were some banners flying, some guys wearing some MAGA hats, but BLM banners flying and them guys wearing their shirts and their raised fists, that doesn't involve BLM, right? That was that my the way po- we're supposed to look at this? That was my point to him earlier, but he right. has those CNN <laughs> funnels in his ears and he can't <laughs> no, hear me. No, no, MSNBC. <laughs> but that. anyway, listen, like I said, I'm perfectly willing to stipulate Black Lives Matter, schedule that rally long before the uh, man was killed in the vehicle, uh, held it, scheduled it, signed people up, brought the bo- water bottles and the bricks and, and waved people into the store as they win. If that's what it takes to do what Joe's really trying to do here, to talk more about uh, solutions, let's just stipulate that it was a BLM protest in uh, Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, and so was Ferguson. But you're stipulating that, but you don't believe it. Your argument is absolutely counter to that. Well, there's no way that Stan's going to convince me that the National Organization of Black Lives Matter had anything to do with what happened in Brooklyn Center. Well, let me ask you this. What did they do to stop it? BLM. <laughs> I don't know. Do they have a rapid response have, well, team? Have, has, their, <laughs> has their leadership come out and said this is wrong? I haven't heard any statements from BLM leadership saying okay. this is wrong. Have you? Right. So, that, no, have so you, that's have the, you heard that? That's you, the role of every national organization to President to Biden yesterday said there was. Spots. President Biden said yesterday there was no excuse for violence. <laughs> so you're saying President Biden was wrong too? Oh gosh, Stan, go right ahead. We'll let you finish up. <laughs> well, you know, as far as leadership in the BLM, you know, they're kind of pretty loose to the organization. Maybe they're just an idea like Antifa is. Even though the Antifa, you know, they get together and beat people up, you know, in, in mass, you know, in formation and all that. That's they're just an idea according to the FBI. Maybe maybe the BLM, we're supposed to look at them the same way since they have no loose you know, a really loose organization with no officers. Now we do know that uh, the found one of the founding men or members has gone out and purchased four homes recently in California with the highest one being one point three or four million dollars. Now it's not they're not huge homes because, you know, the real estate prices in California being what they are, but she still spent over three million dollars across the board on four homes. Well, where did that money come from? Considering that she doesn't work for a living, other than being a community organizer, you know, where's that money come from? That comes from these corporations and stuff that are trying to appease the BLM, you know, so that they don't get their stores. Although it doesn't help them much, you know, getting them, keeping them from getting looted and burned to the ground. So, Stan, so, you, you, you asked a question, then answered it. I just want to confirm that what you're saying is true, that this individual, he bought four homes. No, in she, she, she brought four. She used money from Black Lives Matter, the, the national group. She used their money to buy herself four homes of worth millions of dollars, and those are for her to live in or whatever. You know, everything I just said is 100% factually true. I do know that the homes were bought, and I do know that she doesn't have a job other than being okay. one of the co-founders of BLM. Now, gotcha. BLM gets its money from where? They don't produce anything except hate, and that doesn't pay real good, except when you're threatening and, and, and uh, intimidating businesses to, you know, donate money because we're for a righteous cause, which they, you know... Let me put it to you this way, Mark. I got yes, you. Black Lives Matter, along with every other freaking life in this country. All right? 
but the rest of these other lives aren't going out causing riots and stuff. As Joe said, the Irish retreated pretty bad. The Chinese retreated pretty bad when they came over here to build the, build the railroads. Yet they don't go out and cause the, all these kind of problems. Why is that? I don't know. Do you think you have, uh, let's, let's use the Irish, do you think the Irish in America can say, yes, we were brought here as slaves in the 1600s, and yes, we have literally been oppressed and been supporting the economy ever since then, and to this very day, we have cyclical poverty and injustice and a lack of equity? Joe, you're Irish. Would you say all that still applies to you? I think that the Irish people overcame it. Now, I will concede the Irish people People could blend in. If I changed my name to Smith or Jones, you'd have no way of knowing I was Irish. And I'll concede that a black person doesn't have that option. You know, so okay. it's, they've always been easy to, easier to identify than those of us whose ethnic background is Eastern European. All right, we got you. Stan, we'll let you wrap up. We'll give you the last word. Go right ahead. Okay, that being said, the 1619 Project was all, you know, if, 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 the black folk or whoever wants to complain about the 1619 and, and slavery up to 1776 or 1787 when the Constitution was ratified. Maybe they need to look towards the East, towards England and the Dutch and all them, the people that brought them here. Gotcha. It wasn't the American citizens because America didn't exist at that point. Excellent choice. We were choice. colonies of foreign nations. Yeah, good choice, or a good, good remark. Well, nobody was American initially, and then, of course, uh, w Europeans came here, and that's who brought the slaves here, so we really do need to go back to Germany and, and all the uh, points east in Europe and find out why they did this to this. We'll mention the that to people, the looters in, in uh, Minnesota. You always <laughs> ignore the convenient fact that the first people who were allowed to buy, for a time, the only people allowed to own slaves in this country were black people. All right, we got you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Stan. Anybody yep. appreciate the call? Anybody else wish to weigh in on this? Call us immediately. We'll have time for at least one caller before the top of the break. Or we could take an email if you wish to weigh in on this. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com. And you can do as uh, two individuals have done. That is text us at 70236. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, uh, Reader's Choice. Joe, what do you got cooking there? The shooting in Minnesota was a tragedy, no doubt. The police officer made a horrible mistake and will be dealt with. But the police should never have been put in the position. The guy clearly resisted arrest and was a criminal. It doesn't matter what color he was. If you fight against the police, it may end badly for you.
Every time one of these shootings happens, nobody wants to point out that these guys are resisting. Ask yourself, why did they take live PD off the air? Not because the cops were doing wrong, but because it showed most police are good people and do their jobs professionally. Signed, Doug. Yeah, that's a great point. I think Doug point. makes a great point. Yeah, I agree. I, th I think, uh, well, particularly in the case of uh, Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, uh, at first they had talked about uh, air fresheners in the window, and then the license plate check turned out that he was a fugitive and because of a, a missed court appearance. And then later I heard, I believe the registration tag that was displayed was out of date. Does that sound, did you hear that also? No, I didn't okay. hear that. But I, mean, I could just be blending these then, but in any event. Uh, but at some point he's cooperating with police, and then he stops and jumps back, back in the car. car. Well, I'm sorry. I, I'm trying to argue on behalf of you know what leads to rioting and race issues and, and problems that relate to justice in the U.S. And that's a great conversation. But I think when you you roll the dice, when you are stopped, you're being handcuffed. You've been you know they've told you why you're doing this. Everything's going according to the book, and then you start resisting, and then and then that's the sales staff, and then jump <laughs> it back into your car and get ready to take off. I I feel for this woman officer because it's a terrible mistake. You well, know. What, what part about that has to do with race? Just out of curiosity. It, they didn't stop him because he was a black man. They stopped him because he had a warrant. Well, you don't know about that. Maybe that initially, you know, they may be profiling. You just said oh, yourself there's, there's, they ran his license plate. It came back as somebody with a, uh, a warrant I, I'm out. just saying we don't know what preceded them knowing that his registration or his uh, air fresheners or anything like that were, or that he was wanted for a missed court appearance. We don't know what preceded that. I, that's all I'm saying is that maybe race is a factor in profiling individuals Well, look at George color. Floyd. He wasn't called... They didn't call the police because he was a black man. They called police because he was suspected of passing a counterfeit $20 bill. Right. All right. Well, to be continued. He we'll didn't deserve what he got because the penalty for that isn't death. We would invite you to weigh in on this critical national topic during the 9 a.m. hour. You are listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury WKOK News Time. It is now coming up on 9 a.m. CBS News, then local news. We'll read some news headlines before we open up the phones. WKOK Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show. On the mark, I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe is directly across from me. He's finally boning up on this topic, so he's going to be reading for the next hour or so, fortunately, so we won't have old Joe to deal with. But on the other side of the glass, we have a man we're always happy to deal with, Mr. Rob Center, our great producer, so we appreciate his help and hard work. On the mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Please do check them out at sunburymotors.com. Toll-free line is open. Call us at 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com and text us at 70236. We'd love to hear from you. We do have two texts uh, present. No emails pending, but uh, we'll take calls, 1-800-795-9565. In the news, briefly here, it is safe to continue in-person education at two of the Lewisburg schools, while a total of five COVID-19 cases have popped up. Lewisburg 
Area School District Superintendent Dr. Jennifer Palinchuk said Monday there were four active cases in the high school and one at Kelly Elementary. She says they consulted with the State Department of Health and determined the school closures weren't necessary. All the contact have been made and one athletic team is quarantined. She said their recent volume of cases is following the trend in the county in the state with an increase in cases. The Valley saw an increase in the number of individuals receiving at least one dose of the COVID-19 vaccine over the last two days. Now, in our region, more than half the local residents have received a vaccine, at least one dose of it. The State Department of Health reported 2,000 more people in Northumberland County got vaccinations uh, lately. Uh, that means Northumberland County's at 48,000 individuals have received at least one vaccine. Northumberland County officials say they'll be the next county to have a vaccination clinic underway. And, of course, in Snyder County, a vaccination clinic started uh, last uh, Friday and will continue this uh, Friday and uh, Saturday. If you wish to have a shot, the Pennsylvania governor says you get a shot and you get a shot. Governor Tom Wolf in the COVID-19 Vaccine Task Force made that announcement today, moving the timeline for all adults to be vaccine eligible up six days from the original date of April 19th. Acting Secretary of Health Allison Beam says moving up eligibility for everyone will provide easier access for many. That includes college students increasing the likelihood of completion of two-dose regimens prior to leaving campus for the summer. It also means simple, streamlined operations for vaccine providers that no longer need to check eligibility of people making appointments. The Department of Health also noted there is ongoing appointment availability in many parts of the state, even as Phase 1A and B continue and 1C begins today. The state says ongoing initiatives with the area agencies on aging to provide assistance to vulnerable seniors will continue, as well as other equity initiatives. Matt Catrillo, News Radio 1070 WKOK. And Associated Press reporting now an update. A man from Pottsville has been charged with first-degree murder in the killing of an individual on Route 61 in Orwigsburg yesterday. State troopers in Schuylkill County say killed was 38-year-old George Marcinson of Orwigsburg, Pennsylvania, pronounced dead from a stabbing after a road rage confrontation along Route 61 in Orwigsburg. Name of the Pottsville man arrested for first-degree murder uh, not available yet. And uh, finally, just to update you about what we've been talking about today, but do not need to stay on this topic on an open day. Trouble broke out again during the second night of protests outside police headquarters in the Minneapolis suburbs of Brooklyn Center. A day after one of the city's officers shot and killed a 20-year-old black man, Dante Wright, during a traffic stop, Brooklyn Center Police Chief Tim Gannon told a news conference Monday that the officer who shot Wright meant to use her taser but instead grabbed her gun. Kim Potter, a 26-year veteran of the force, has been placed on administrative leave. The Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension is investigating Wright's death. Sunday's shooting happened in the midst of the Derek Chauvin trial for the killing of George Floyd. A 7 p.m. curfew in Hennepin County didn't deter hundreds of demonstrators Monday as they chanted outside police headquarters. The, the building was fenced off. Brooklyn Center officers outside were buttressed by state troopers and Minnesota National Guard members. All right, we can keep that conversation going. One of our good listeners has uh, sent us a note uh, that relates to black migration is the topic. Uh, Joe, you want to read one of those 
text? Is that about? Uh, no, that's text or the email? Uh, email, email. All right. Email. According to the Pew Research Center, over three million black people have immigrated to the USA since 1980. Since 2000 alone, the number of black immigrants living in the country has risen 71 percent. Between 2000 and 2016, the black African immigrant population more than doubled from 574,000 to 1.6 million. Africans now make up 39 percent of the overall foreign-born black population, up from 24 percent in 2000. I wonder why they come here when things are so bad for them. Interesting point. That's a shame. Okay. Shame that oh, they came here? No, a shame that she doesn't know the answer. <laughs> That's funny. So what is the answer? Well, they would, come here if we're so bad, if we're so racist, why are they coming? I think the U.S. is... Glo- I'm just asking because that's her I'm point. I'm trying to answer. All right. If you'd stop interrupting. I think globally... I'll stop. I think globally, <laughs> the U.S. is seen as a land of opportunity where everybody has a, has a chance to With live all here. these stories about race and, and well, killing pl- people, innocent black people? If I would be permitted to finish, I honestly do think that... Uh, for uh, the, uh, the perception among many people who it may feel as though uh, the racial justice and equity and poverty and you know cycles of uh, the inability to get ahead have affected them, they see that there are two Americas. There's a global America that is the uh, land of opportunity, as individuals in Central America have proven in great deal here, that this is a great place to go, and that even on our worst day, we're better than where they were, and that, that may be true for some of the individuals that are in this uh, 3,000. Not if you get killed on that worst day. That are in this 3,000. But I think if you if you want to use the individuals that are rioting as an example, uh, these are people that clearly f- must be feeling some form of hopelessness. Now, I don't know what it is. I don't know them. I wasn't there. I'm not a member of Black Lives Matter, which was directing the protests in in Minnesota these past two nights. So I don't really know what is on their mind. But clearly, there's two Americas. Otherwise, people wouldn't riot for opportunity and someone else come here the normal fashion for opportunity. breaking into a liquor store, rioting and breaking into a liquor store, that's seeking opportunities? To this very... No, I think people get fed up. I told you that yesterday. I honestly, with th- what? I think people the have fact a that sense the liquor of hopelessness. Stores in business? Well, I think. Look, let's let's suppose. I don't even know if anybody really lives like the way I'm going to describe, but I'm going to describe a kid growing up. Okay. All right, so you, you're growing up in a black neighborhood, and poverty is having an impact there, and maybe drug use is having an impact there, and that's what you see around you. You are invited to join the mainstream and get a job, so you go to places, the, the liquor stores or the Nike store or wherever it is or the Best Buy that's down the street, and, and you say, well, geez, there's a lot of things in there. I can't afford, but I am told that I can work there. So maybe you'd start an entry-level job there, but maybe you don't. You know, maybe you stay unemployed. I, I think for some of the people that grow up in America, for some that grow up in some of these black neighborhoods, and some people who are white too, I think America is viewed is there is a sense of hopelessness that they can't join the part of society that is enjoying that abundance that's filling up the malls oh, primarily with Do you have everything you want? Can you buy everything you want? No, no, but did I you did. riot because of that? No, but you Joe, consider yourself oppressed because of that. Joe, I did not say that I did how I did or didn't grow up. I am trying to describe an individual who I don't know, who I'm totally making up his scenario, but I honestly think that there are people that grow up in America that they don't see this as the same land of opportunity as people maybe outside the USC. They see whatever issues that might be happening in their neighborhood as their whole world. You know, I I, I think if you're growing 
growing up in a neighborhood, you may view okay. that that neighborhood in Baltimore so or Brooklyn Center is the whole world. You may not be able to see, well, you know, this these is neighborhoods actually have drugs, that I'm better have, off here. They have drugs. They have crime. They're underperforming in schools and all of that. You know, that they're terrible, terrible neighborhoods. Who, who created them? Who Who's, created those neighborhoods? Is it the black politi- or the white politicians? Oh, the blacks did it themselves. No, the, yeah, they, they the brought themselves here the centuries ago. Well, look at the cities. No, I under, the I major mean, cities I agree with all what you're saying. The blacks are responsible for absolutely positively everything that's that happens to them. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that the politicians in these cities, like Baltimore, places like Baltimore, have been historically white liberal politicians. Excellent point. So do you the blame blacks it on actually, them? What the blacks did in the South is they would put a rope around their neck and climb a tree and jump down. So they lynched Themselves. You take everything and you twist it into some some racial thing. What I'm saying is that there is a certain amount of responsibility every individual has for their own well-being, and there are per- the there are persons theory. there are persons who uh, you know all these liberals have run these major major cities in this country. In Nancy Pelosi's own district, there are people living homelessly on the streets in camps and tents. You know, so what responsibility do the politicians have for creating these things? These well-meaning politicians. You know, some people believe they're deliberately trying to keep people down so that they can keep them voting, you know, promising them something better coming in the future. But, I mean, let's face it. Everybody in the end has some responsibility for their own well-being and for their own uh, their own climate. I can put for every person you can describe to me who fits your scenario, I can name you one who's climbed out of the muck well, and the mire. who's your doctor that was the uh, Human Services Secretary last? Ben Carson. Right. He's done it. Brain surgeon. Started out in poverty, abject poverty, and pulled himself up by his bootstraps, to use his words, too. Cindy, go right ahead. You're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. I think we need to guard against um, making generalizations about any group of people. I think that could be considered a racist thing to do, in my opinion. Certainly it's bigoted. To classify all women as stupid, to classify all black people or any group of people as oppressed, I think that's a mistake to claim that all Asian people are smarter than all the rest of us. Again, you know, these, these are the kinds of myths. Irishmen are all drunks. Here's an interesting fact I just found. Of the African-American immigrants that have come to the United States, and we just, you just mentioned them, they are the most educated population in America. Roughly half of them have college degrees. How, I mean, so I think we have to be careful. It's convenient, I think, to paint everybody with the same brush, but that's a big mistake. That's a terrible mistake to make. I think there, I know, I know there are people of all races who struggle in this country. I have absolutely no doubt about that. But I also know that there are people of all races who succeed enormously. And I'm, you know, full disclosure, I'm a white lady. There are incredibly rich black people in this country beyond my, my wildest dreams. I'm glad for them. I, I don't resent them. There are incredibly rich Asian people of Asian descent. I, I don't object to them either. Good for them. I'm glad for their success. I think we have to avoid uh, painting broad brushes across all these groups because at the same time there are white people who struggle every day to make it. In our community, look around. There are black people who struggle every day to make it. There are Asian people who struggle every day to survive. But that doesn't mean it represents the whole group. And we do a terrible disservice to each other, 
to them and to our community when we engage in these broad brush assumptions about people. Okay, I stand corrected. Uh, I, I did try to draw a scenario that I drew of an individual. I didn't say that he even had anybody who was even remotely close to what he is, but I'll stand corrected that, uh, as Joe has said, he's got to pull himself up by his bootstraps, and, th- and that he does have opportunity because I guarantee you, if you're born in the U.S., somehow, some way, you can find the way uh, to become somebody. I'll stipulate that. I don't think it's just bootstraps, Mark, which to me implies it's up to you to save yourself kind of a thing, right? Because our country provides enormous support to people who are struggling in in many ways, in health care, in food, in housing, in heating, uh, in transportation, uh, in all kinds of social organizations have, have put forward enormous efforts to assist people who are struggling. So I don't think in this country it's a you save yourself or you drown. By any stretch of the imagination, all around our neighbors, we put lifesavers. All kinds of floating, helpful, all kinds of things. We have training for jobs. You can go to college for darn near free if you're impoverished. I mean, there's just no end to these supports that we provide for people. It is in no way a pull-yourself-up-by-the-bootstraps situation. In well, it's simply you and you and you and you alone have to say yes to those opportunities. I realize that individuals in this country have tremendous numbers of opportunities, but if you decline to say yes at any point along the way, then that's on you. Well, then what does society owe you? Nothing. Zippo. Okay. Zero. But yet- I, think I think that's not true. I, I think our society is incredibly generous, not even only within our borders, but outside our borders. For heaven's sake, we've spent tens of billions of dollars to fight disease in Africa, tens of billions of dollars fighting AIDS, fighting Ebola. I mean, it's, it's, it boggles the mind. To, per- to create an illusion where Americans don't care about their neighbor next door or their neighbor in the world is just so unfair. It's just so unfair to me to, to kind of backhand all the people that go every day out to these social organizations and try to help their neighbors, to those people who make donations to enormous numbers of charities with money that they can have, to those churches who pick up a cause and try to make life better. That's just so callous to disregard all that effort. I won't, argue, I won't argue that with you, but again, as Mark points out, and I'm surprised I agree with him for once, you do have to take advantage of those things. You have to be aware that they exist, and you have to be willing to accept the help that's offered. But that is not inconsistent with what I'm saying, that you have an obligation to yourself to do and find the things that will make you a success in this country or to give you the better life you want. Uh, uh, What troubles me is a uh, a mantra I hear now that that Americans don't care, and perhaps an even clearer one that white people don't care. And I just say hogwash to that. And I can gather up data, but I doubt it will move anybody's mind. But I think that Americans are incredibly generous people. Um, and that they, we have historically, my God, we raced up Europe after the war. Where would they be had the United States not intervened in their economy? The Marshall the Plan. States, yep. If the Marshall Plan hadn't come where about. Where would they be? Yep. Look at the trillions of dollars, T trillions of dollars we've spent in Afghanistan and Iraq. 
You know, that's not the act of a hateful people to give all that money away, not, not even considering the lives that we spent there. I mean, let's be fair to each other. Come on. We, I'm not suggesting that we're perfect, but, but we are far from a hostile environment who cares nothing for our neighbor. Thank you. You're, yep, we got right. you. Thank you Thank so you much. So much. So much. All right. Well, she put you in your place. Well, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I stand corrected. I, I, here I am trying to uh, monitor with uh, great zeal what's going on in the planet, but uh, turns out these people are mistaken. So good to know. All right. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. You have uh, the first sentence of the next clip. Well, we were talking about the Brooklyn Center city manager. His name is Kurt Bogani. He was fired on Monday evening, hours after he publicly disagreed with Mayor Mike Elliott's assertion that the police officer who fatally shot a black man in the Minnesota suburb should be immediately fired in response to the incident. Effective immediately, our city manager has been relieved of his duties. All right, we're going to talk more about that. 1-800-795-9565. If you wish to weigh on this, we would just love to hear from you. No need to listen to Joe and I harangue on and on. Uh, You can call us and put us in our place. 1-800-795-9565. We will be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mirth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Hey, welcome back. We got some texts and emails. We got a caller that's all set up. So uh, let's wrap up the topic of uh, the BLM looting overnight. Go ahead, Joe. One of our emailers says In the fall of 1862, the Irish in northern Schuylkill County took up arms to protest the Civil War draft. The period of violence didn't end until 1878 when Peter McManus was executed in the Northumberland County Prison. That's signed by Ed. Is that. Uh, and the, actually, the riots yep. in New York were even greater, in New York City were greater. And the Molly Maguires Union versus mine well, companies? I, was, I don't know whether the... I don't think the Molly Maguire's... I think that may have been a separate That's issue. That's a separate issue. Okay. But the 1862, the draft riots were definitely a, the result of the Irish being poor and un, unemployed and hard-pressed, thinking that they were being drafted into the army uh, unfairly okay. and forced to fight a war they didn't want to fight. Okay. And the Molly Maguire's were Molly primarily Maguire's, I thought, Irish. were related to the rate related to coal. I may be wrong in that. It's terrible. Well, yeah, to that say. is true. That much I do know. But um, primarily Irish. Well, yes. Well, yeah, we'll have to bone up on them so that we actually had, a friend of mine had uh, part of the rope that was used to hang McManus in the Northumberland County courtyard of the Northumberland County Prison. All right. 
Um, yeah, last Molly McGuire hanged in the Northumberland County Prison on 2nd Street in Sunbury. Right. Uh, one of our other emailers says, I'm going to say this off the top of my head without thinking it through. <laughs> that could be dangerous yeah. right there. When I was in the third grade, I saw my first black person. She was in my grade. I thought she was beautiful. She didn't stay long, but maybe that was the problem. Back then, instead of staying in the South, more black people should have come north. Just my opinion. Actually, many black people did come north. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Mark, have you noticed where the majority of riding and looting is happening? All have one thing in common. That would be decades of control by the left-wing progressive politicians. So if there is systemic racism, these areas, the leftist Democrats are responsible. They are in control. Progressive... Uh, oh, that's, that's it. We're done. Yeah, that, that's that's the end of that Actually, one. it came in twice. <laughs> right. Yeah. And uh, right there, that's the last The panel. people riding are feeding a need for new Nikes and big screen TVs. All right. Free Nikes. Free Nikes. And free big screen TVs. And you said a liquor store last night? Yes. Free booze. Dan, you're on the mark. There hey, we go. Go ahead. Hey, good morning, guys. You know, Cindy's call was great. Another thing that's lacking is the kids aren't getting positive reinforcement in these a lot of families that continue in poverty, all they see is negative, and they don't have parents to give them positive reinforcement. They don't have teachers to give them re- positive reinforcement. Hey, when I grew up, I had two parents on my side that continued to encourage me in early school not later as much, but I had teachers that cared for me, and that helped me try to be a success at school. And I didn't, there's certain subject I goofed off, and I admit it, but uh, other ones I really loved. And But that's what is wrong in the cities. All they hear is negative, negative. You can't do this. You know, you're you're impoverished even before even before you know anything to be happy about or positive about and i have to admit yeah that you you watch your newscast mainline newscast if you're black you think you're really in bad shape so that's that's the only thing I can add to that. And they're not correct. Well, they 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 it's self imploding. They think they are, so they become what they think they are. But they're not really. I got you. Okay. They, no, they are, but they could come out of it by using what my parents use what. What a lot of people use, they, but there's no one to back to make them feel any better, including the press. They keep telling you, "You're nobody. You, you're gonna, you're start out, you know, with all kinds of problems in life. How you can't pull yourself up. You can't become any better. The whole establishment's against you." So yeah, you become what they tell you. 
That's a good point. I read one of Dr. Carson's books, and he really talks about uh, he had some positive role models that were outside his immediate family that made the difference. They were the pushers of him and uh, the encouragers and the folks that, that, that said, no, you're not going to fall behind in math or science, you know, like your siblings did that said to him, you, you're going to keep pressing on and that you are smart. And he believed them. And even when his parents weren't on his side as he continued through his education, I think it was an uncle or a significantly older brother or somebody just kept on pushing and pushing and saying that you are. And of course, then he developed into an ultra conservative. So something went significantly wrong in his life eventually. <laughs> I think that he, they went, he did quite well and right. And here, another thing which I won't talk about, I know you don't want to, he's became a great Bible-believing Christian, believing in, in instant creation, the earth only being 6,000 years old. And he came up through the, you know, and and you can't appreciate, I, I you know, I realized that older I got, I appreciated what my parents did for me, grandparents and early school teachers. The later ones were all right at, at later higher levels, but they weren't as much to reinforce me as the early ones, which is more important. Early teachers are, the, of course, shape molding your character but i that's what i see is going wrong you know and and i we got to get out of that mode of telling people hey you can't succeed in life you know you're born in poverty you can't ever get out of it hey we weren't rich either when i was a kid we weren't we we were living hand to mouth but i didn't even know it i never knew i was poor to be honest about it well and, you may find this of interest uh, i was reading uh, from a coal region uh, wfmz tv the story about the uh, man, uh, the fight uh, that led to the death, the stabbing death of a man over a ro road rage incident. It turns out the man who was stabbed and killed was white, and the man who did it was black. His name was Tamir Witted. He's 29. He was arraigned late Monday night on charges of first and third degree murder, aggravated assault, and other offenses. Witted, who was of Pottsville, had a lot to say to reporters as he was taken from the state police barracks, and this is what he said. He, meaning his victim, should have thought about his family before he started trouble with somebody who don't have children, a wife, or anything. So there he's using his socioeconomic circumstances as a reason for why he jumped out of the car, got into a fight with a guy, and stabbed him. Nothing there, no introspection saying, like, I should have behaved, I should have been the bigger person, I should have got back into my car and gone on my way. Hmm. No, he stabbed and killed a guy, and it's because so a criminal defendant he don't have a wife, a home, or nothing. Not thinking of the greater good of their victim or society. That's really, a, that's a strange no, case. No, but that's using, that's using their socioeconomic, mm -hmm. their right. alleged... Uh, what do you call it? Selfishness. Uh, well, right. I, I'm not going to say selfishness, that their economic circumstances, what they conceive to be their socioeconomic circumstances, Great. as a reason why they would go out and kill somebody. Gotcha. All right. Thank you so yep. much, Dan, for calling exactly. in. You guys have a great day. Hey, you, you too, too buddy. Dan. Thank you. All right. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. We're going to take a quickie break. When we come back, we read the first sentence earlier. We're going to read the, the important article very shortly here from 
Fox or? No, I don't think so. I think it's from AP. All right. We'll be talking about that when we return. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark, 1-800-795-9565. And, uh, Joe, another example is Remington, who was making sewing machines, uh, making guns in right. World War II. A lot of companies uh, did that. All right. Uh, I think I'm, I'm think I'm naming all these companies correctly anyway. Joe, go ahead. Please continue uh, with your This is good a story clipping. just to recap it. Brooklyn Center City Manager Kirk Bagnani was fired on Monday evening hours after he publicly disagreed with the mayor, Mike Elliott. Bagnani is white and Mayor Elliott is black. His assertion that the police officer who fatally shot a black man in the Minnesota Minneapolis suburb should immediately be fired in response to the incident. Effective immediately, our city manager has been relieved of his duties and the deputy city manager will be assuming his duties moving forward, Elliott wrote on Twitter. I will continue to work my hardest to ensure good leadership at all levels of our city government. Dante Wright was fatally shot during a traffic stop. Body cam footage showed three officers gathered near a stop car that police was pulled over for an expired registration. Police attempted to arrest the man, later identified as Wright, for an outstanding warrant. A struggle ensued, followed by the fatal shooting. Brooklyn Center Police Chief Tim Gannon said the officer who shot and killed Wright had intended to fire a laser, not their service weapon. Authorities have not released the name of the female officer involved in the shooting. And here's the thing. The, the Brooklyn City Council, Brooklyn Center City Council, voted to fire the city manager during an emergency meeting. At the same meeting, the council voted to give the mayor command authority over the city's police department. During a virtual workshop after the meeting, council member Chris Lawrence Anderson said she voted to fire the city manager out of fear of potential reprisals from protesters if she did not, according to the newspaper. And the people were demanding... And, oh, and she said he was doing a great job. I respect him dearly. I didn't want repercussions at a personal level. So they were afraid, you know, to to uh, not to fire the guy because of what might happen to them if they didn't. And people were demanding his firing for what reason? He said he believed the officer should have due process. Boy, what a crime that is. Hmm. So, and which officer was fired on the spot? Well, they, apparently they fired the female officer, or at least the mayor intended to fire the female officer. And I understand now the mayor is considering, since he's been the given one who accidentally used her taser. Well, she said that was an accident, and right. depending on one police officer I heard this morning on Emma, on CNN said she didn't believe it. She believed it was murder. Okay. Deliberate murder. Because uh, well, why would you do that? Yell taser, taser to warn your fellow officers to stand back, then fire your service weapon, and then afterwards say, oh, darn. I don't know. I mean, it sounded like an accident to me. I mean, unless she's remarkably, I'm going to kill this guy, but I'm going to make it seem like I made a mistake. That's awful critical thinking in the heat of a moment when, when somebody is trying to drive away after a traffic stop. Well, and some people, some police officers do keep their taser on the same side as their uh, service weapon. They do? How yes. do they do that? Well, the uh, taser sits up higher in a holster that uh, um, sets it apart from their handgun. Well, most departments have a policy that you put it on your, 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 carry your, your gun side. on your dominant side and your taser on the other side. To prevent this kind of thing from potentially happening, right? I would suspect. I mean, uh, I, I would think that you would know your right from your left. So I'm the city manager was fired in part because he openly questioned what the mayor had done, which was to terminate the police officer. 
Right. And advocating instead that the female officers should have uh, Here's what due he said. process. All employees working for the city of Brooklyn Center are entitled to due process with respect to discipline. This employee will receive due process, and that's really all that I can say today. Mm-hmm. And that got him fired. That's it, and that's it, and that's it. Okay, well, if that's true, so in other words, it hardly seems enough to get fired. I'm sure there, but maybe you're not allowed to question the mayor. I mean, you know, you work for the mayor. You know, I mean, I think publicly to the media, I'm not allowed to go around here and say, hey, I think, uh, you know, WKOK should be uh, pop rock music all okay, day long. But here's what the guy said he said people should have due process. That's kind of fundamental to America, <laughs> isn't it? You know, it's well, not unless like you're he said, at will. It's not like he said, well, I'm glad this police officer shot a black man. It's not like he said something like that or said, you know, right. the guy got what he deserved. What he said was that everybody who works for the city deserves due process if they're Shemoka accused Shemokanam has a police officer, a mayor, and a manager. Could you do the same thing? Could the council and the mayor fire uh, or, or terminate a police officer immediately? The mayor can suspend an officer for up to 10 days. But they're not terminated but they're at not that moment. they're not terminated unless council votes to terminate them. Okay, so well, council can terminate somebody, and then could uh, the manager then question that publicly to the news media? He could, but in Pennsylvania, the manager is not responsible for the police department. Right, but he could question he it. Could that, question he would it, be at sure. liberty to do so. Okay. And the mayor in Pennsylvania, in a borough, and I believe it's the same in the city, although city, city mayors have more authority than borough mayors do, but I believe you know, that he could certainly speak his mind freely, and I would be free to disagree with him, but I couldn't fire him. All right, well, I'm ready to pronounce my verdict. I now know about 2% of everything there is to know about all of these cases and these incidents and the firings and the council actions. And uh, based on that, I'd say the police officer should not be terminated and the manager should not be terminated. And the police officer should have due process, which I think is should but is be it racial? Is it racial? You know, we all say when something involves a black person being subjected to something less than desirable that it's racist. But here's a white person being subjected to something less than desirable from a black person. Is this fair? Is this justice? Is this payback? I don't know. You'd have to really. You'd need to know more than two percent of everything there is to know about all of this. Well, no, I, I to just know think, what the I just of think the that mayor that may be. As a mayor, I would hope that I would always want everybody to have due process. If somebody came back to the police and wanted me to just immediately suspend an officer for ten days because they didn't like something, I would hope that I would consider that thoroughly before I would take some kind of action. Well, obviously, we're not enjoying prolonged deliberation before all of these actions. You know, I think it sounds like, you know, it's taking them an hour or so. So they, they it must be justified at their end, the terminations, if, if, especially if you get the whole council to go well, for it. Typically, uh, the way a police stop would work. I question why there were three officers there, although I suspect what happened is they saw they had a, 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 a an expired tag and they stopped the vehicle and they called that in. And then when they found out the owner had warrants, they called for backup and other officers arrived. You know, just it's not necessarily a felony stop. It's a, you know, you get backup. Well, and if you have you two hear officers that in town and one's not doing anything and one's doing something, they right. converge and help and each other. And if you hear that all the time, if you have a police monitor around here, when an officer goes to a domestic situation or to something where there might be a traffic stop, let's say, that looks suspicious, the county dispatcher will say, do you want me to send another unit your way? And often they'll say yes, sometimes they'll say no. But, I mean, it's just good common sense. If one guy's in a car alone and you think there might be a tricky situation, you get them help.
1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. We're enjoying open phones. Uh, we have talked about unrest in Minnesota and what may have uh, contributed to it uh, in the early part of our show. And uh, now we're talking about uh, the things that are going on in Brooklyn Center where a police officer was at least suspended and maybe terminated and where the, subsequently a short time later the borough manager was terminated. So we're discussing that. Uh, it is open phone, so we'll wrap that up with the topic of your selection. You can email us your topic or your remark at onthemarkatwkok.com. You can text us at 70236. We'd love to hear from you. Or call us on the 1070 tip line, our toll-free line, 1-800-795. I know you coined that phrase only 20 short one. years ago. Do I get the $10 prize? Yes, you do. One I'm eight sorry, $10.70. 1-800-795-9565. <laughs> My lovely bride's making a living on 1070 tips, so don't laugh. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Uh, right there. Says the officer in Brooklyn Center was relieved of duty by the mayor for only one reason, to appease the mob and try to prevent the riots that happened. Guess it didn't work out for the mayor. Well, they would have been worse. They could have been worse. Could have been worse. You never know. All right, Than, you get three minutes, and then the next caller will get three minutes. Go right ahead, sir. You're on the mark. Good morning. Boy, I don't know where to start. Uh, I have to say that Tucker Carlson... One of your heroes, Joe, said something that He's I He's not think my hero, Than. I've never watched the man's show. He's not my hero, so stop characterizing my television tastes when you know nothing of them. <laughs> well, I do know a lot about him because you tell me a lot about them. I haven't talked to you about Tucker Carlson on this program ever until today. No, you always say you don't listen, but I, I judge you by the company you keep, and you're a Fox <laughs> News listener. Uh, let me make my point before you interrupt. And that is, Tucker Carlson said, the Democrats are bringing in people from South America to replace us, us being white people. He said that on the air and pretty much was criticized for it as well he should be. But I think that kind of nails it. I have noticed over the, let's say, 40 years that I've had a television set, that from all white and male, the announcers, the commentators, and so forth, have become much more diverse, even with some females. 
some networks are appear to me almost 50-50, uh, non-white and white. And I think that scares the absolute hell out of people. Did you happen to hear Mr. Carlson's uh, defense that he earlier in the program decried and rejected the replacement theory? He said on Thursday evening segment, white replacement theory, no, no, this is a voting rights question. Right, I, and I believed every word he said because uh, actually I didn't because <laughs> unlike you, I hardly ever listen to Fox News. I try to listen to real news. Well, I thought and, you said once that you got your information from a variety of sources. Now you're saying you don't. Al Jazeera. Uh, well, if you don't watch Al Jazeera now and then, you've missed what the world is thinking. You may not like their stance because they are not, let's say, America first. They're kind of globe first, which is refreshing in a way. And uh, I don't believe anything, everything that I see on any network or read in any publication. It's called critical thinking. You say, well, does this make sense? And by the way, Carlson's opinion made sense. I think people are frightened by the fact we are not going to be a majority white nation within a few years. We're going to be a mixture of All right. white, brown, and black. Thank you so much, Stan. Thank you very, very much for calling in. I appreciate that. And you waited till the end of the show, so we have to get another caller in. But thank That's you, sir. Thank you. Appreciate that. All right, Chris, you get three minutes. Go right ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm just confused about the whole show today. Uh, the, Joe's uh, all upset about... Uh, KKK and uh, justifying the Lost Cause monuments take being taken down in Gettysburg. Joe doesn't know anything about that. Yeah, and uh, it's like the the 1920s KKK never existed to him or something. And then uh, Stan, he thinks that uh, it was lack of training because of police cuts Due to Black Lives Matter, which I don't, I kind of doubt happened in Brooklyn, Minnesota, and that the woman was a 26-year veteran and therefore her training was incomplete because of this. And Dan seems to know who believed that believes that Trump won by a landslide in Pennsylvania because of his strolls around New Berlin. Uh, is now an expert on uh, inner cities and why uh, why uh, black people have a hard time there. And Joe thinks it's because they're being it's all because of liberal politicians like say Mayor Daley, <laughs> who is hardly a liberal. He was a Democrat, but he was hardly a liberal, and. It's quite the show and we got the, going, the huh? Police, uh, uh, police forces in inner cities tend to be very much white enclaves. The whole culture of the police in most inner cities are is a white culture. You know, it strikes me that that if if these were Republicans running these cities where there was poverty and mismanagement, that you would be just upset about it. But the fact that they're all democratically run cities, uh, you know, you don't find any any correlation between that. <laughs> You think that's really what's caused poverty in, in cities, and it's not a greater economic situation than that? 
No, it's just the mayor. Well, no, I'm, mayor. I'm saying I think that the, the politicians... And then this mayor who, uh, who was trying to calm down the situation and then got contradicted and then got fired by people who had the right to fire her, apparently. Because of him. Uh, uh, you talking about the police officer was a woman. I about Trump firing people for no reason except that they were investigating things he didn't like or made statements that contradicted him. Your reply was, well, he has the right to, doesn't well, he? Let me ask you this question. And, and Do you think... up everything and there was no other problem. But now, all of a sudden, Joe thinks there is a problem. Do you think, Chris, that, the, that an officer who thinks, who obviously made a mistake should not get due process? Obviously. Uh, I'm not even sure that they would have fired or fired her fired her if uh, the other person hadn't spoken up. All right, we have to get some words in here. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for calling in. Call earlier in the program tomorrow. Earlier is... Uh, it, was just, it, was so just to con- it was just so confusing today. Right. The, but the, thanks for taking notes and, 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 and trying well, to keep I, up. Well, I hope you straighten out your thinking, Chris. <laughs> All right. Hey, we want to remind folks uh, that uh, I was driving around in a fabulous 2121 Ford F-150. I'm going to order it uh, so I can get a couple of versions in, and we'll look at those, and we'll pick one out. The one I drew was antimatter blue, which is that new dark, ultra-dark uh, color for 2021. Uh, but this has a tailgate step, a bottle opener on the tailgate, a ruler on the tailgate, and an outlet in the tailgate, uh, EcoBoost motor, so it's getting 24 miles of the gallon on the highway, and you can stretch that out much more than that. That's the auto start stuff. You uh, uh, drink EcoBoost. a lot of beer out of the back of your truck, do you? Uh, out of bottles, yeah. <laughs> I was just going to think, who drinks bottles outdoors near their truck? That's That would a be a weird. Bird, but, Beer tastes uh, better in bottles. 360-degree camera package. That's a little drone that flies over you all the time and tells you where you are in relation to obstacles, roads, other vehicles, or backing up your trailer. Reminds me of you, a little drone that flies around <laughs> irritating, <laughs> irritating you to no end. Okay, thank you. It's got LED lighting in the box, a remote start opportunity. You can use your phone to start it up. LED side mirrors so that you can you know, just light up the whole area where you're working. This is a great truck. I can't wait till it comes in. You're listening to News Radio 10. 1070 WKOK Sunbury, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company.